Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shannon Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and uh, I am rogue booking as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> he does not eat or sleep or mow the lawn. He just plays the rogue book all day long. It's true. <laughs> I'm I'm Jay, and I I had a pretty pretty good week as well. I read all of Witness for the Dead, uh, the novel that I'd been eagerly awaiting, and then. Um, did a did a bunch of other stuff that I wanted to. So, a uh, short review question: Was it worth the wait? Um, it was. It's all a short answer. Yes, I'll say. Okay. <laughs> uh, I should say I'm Josh, and um, I've never believed more in uh the effect of retail therapy than when the Steam summer sale starts. <laughs> <laughs> My spend is only up to sixty dollars so far, but. Uh, $60. That's like, that's almost 10 games. Probably. I'm shopping right now. That I, it is. I literally got eight games for that. So yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Amazing. I've I, only done one steam cell purchase so far. I have done none. I purchased <laughs> because of rogue book. That's true. I purchased it before the steam steam summer sale, which was clearly not a good choice. Um, and, but I do have several on my list that I keep looking at going, Oh, I should buy that. But, it's hard for me to. I just have so many games I haven't played. Should I really add to the stack? Yeah, I the one I ended up buying was Trials of Fire because my friend was like, "This is my new favorite roguelike game now." And I am really curious to see how you react to that, Jay. Yeah, it, it got kind of a meh from you. Is that right? No, I mean I got sucked into it the second night that I played it. Um, it and I didn't realize <laughs> I'm slow to learn, I guess it really is in a similar vein as like slay the spire or uh rogue book or whatever. Like I died and it was like, well, want to start a new run. And I'm like, Oh weird. I just didn't, I like wasn't emotionally prepared for that. You know, <laughs> like I had started to invest in the characters and stuff. What, what was meant for me is like the graphics are really, I just I find the graphics weird. Like, <laughs> Like, I want to like the graphics, but I did, I found the gameplay pretty interesting and the way you end up building a deck, you know, to be pretty interesting and stuff. But, but I'm, that's what I say. I'm really curious to see what you think of it by the time, when you get a chance. I mean, honestly, I'll probably try Rogue Book first. And if I'm anything like Trevor, then I'll lose all semblance of life. So, (laughs) (laughs) cause that, that did happen to you with, um, uh, Slay the Spire, right? Uh, that did happen with Slay the Spire, although it was also like, 
a super depressive week and so it's like oh i guess i guess i'm gonna play rogue book in bed for 80 hours this week or something oh, like that <laughs> so, I, I got, oh but i forget you you also got to play play the spire on us on the switch didn't you uh i played it on my ipad as oh, you did. Intended. Mm. Yeah. yeah i i would say that i would probably have more than 50 hours uh 51 at this point of rogue book if it were available on my ipad yeah Okay, well, um, I I guess I have a few or a bit of business with DJI, and then we had a, a listener question that uh, we can go over before we dive into our topics. Excellent. Um, so the um, the stuff with Discount Games Inc. Um, I, I did a social media post at the start of the week that one of the things were were doing and that you know I've, I've sat down and talked with each of the employees at discount games inc um we have a a roadmap or a plan on how we want to dramatically um increase the the compensation that that we're doing to employees at at discount games inc okay and so you know one of the things that um is has been interesting with the pandemic is that right now we're we're kind of at a point where there's the labor market is a lot more uh, there's a lot more um, competition with um, employees employees I guess right I mean there's I've I, up to this point I've I've been the pay at, at Discount Games Inc has has been kind of comparable for comfortable jobs in in this area um and and those jobs have been going up but then also you know i feel like we have or i have a, a really good team of people that are working at um at discount games inc and you know I, i'm i don't necessarily think that um they're i mean some of them are are going are it's their career is uh you know being there but for a lot of them, that's not going to be the case, but you know, I do want them to feel like they are making uh, enough money to stay there if they want to, or you know, feel like their work is appreciated, you know, etc. And you know, there's there's some aspirational values that you know I want to achieve with it as well. And so, you know, we've put in place a roadmap for some some pretty big pay increases uh, over over time i want to get to the point where i'm spending where my payroll expense increases by around you know five or six thousand dollars a month uh, which is a lot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a lot for a game store <laughs> um, and so one of the things that uh we've i'm i'm doing with that is re-examining some of the discounts that um we've been offering at, at discount games inc and you know when the company started it was myself working out of a closet uh, literally <laughs> and you know it's it's a lot easier to do some of the larger discounts when uh, that's the case um so as an example up to this point uh, or most recently we've I, we've been selling prompter press products at uh 25% off um, we're going to be adjusting it to selling at 20% off, um, and 
if when I you know do a search for uh, you know private press products on the web, that still has us as, as basically the the leading price available on the product. Um, but I guess I wanted everyone to know kind of what's going on, why we're doing it. You know, I I hope that everyone receives top-notch customer service from the company and you know I, I i guess it's getting to a point where uh the i feel like the company needs to be investing in those employees that are making that happen and so it's i guess it's just kind of the the next evolution or investment that's going on with uh the company so just wanted to i guess share that bit of news of what's what's going on with at discount games inc that's exciting stuff, Jay. That's awesome. Thank you. It's... I uh, I missed the call because I was researching ways to improve family medical leave for mm. my yeah, company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other listener question we had uh, in one of the recent um, podcasts, I had made kind of a side comment or something that – since the start of April, I had been down 30 pounds. And so Trevor got messaged and asked how, what I was doing or what was going on. Um, and I thought we could expand that a little bit. I know, Josh, you have um, lost even more than that. And you, you've you been doing yours for longer than me. Yeah, you, you were actually September. successful. Right. You were successful, like during the pandemic, actually losing weight as opposed to packing on the pandemic pounds, like I did. Yeah, I've concluded that the sun makes that harder for me, though. Oh, interesting. I think I was successful because I was in the dead of winter and I was allowed to just, you know, stay inside. So why does why does the cruel mistress of the sun make you gain weight? I don't know. I think it's like reverse seasonal affective disorder. It's just a working hypothesis. Well, I mean, <laughs> in, in fairness, you are someone who loves uh, the inside very much, and so <laughs> I think I'm probably the the opposite of you. Mainly, so that the two uh, two things that make the winter months difficult for me is a uh, the holidays roll around and like everyone gives me sugar. Yeah, <laughs> it would yeah. be it would be impolite to not eat it. <laughs> Just tell them you're diabetic, like I do. <laughs> uh, I I probably should. Um, and then also, you know, one of the things that Brian and I do is uh, we when it's when the weather is bearable, we do a walk with each other. Um, for the last month or two, we've we've been doing two walks a day and so when the weather's crappy it's a lot more difficult to to do that but what were the what were the things that worked for you josh i know from what you've said in the past one of the biggest things for you was just like cutting out sugars and wheat is that right yeah yeah so i mean the way i succeeded this time and and really it's the most success i ever had with a sort of a diet lifestyle improvement is I I did no flours, no sugars and no snacking. And the truth is now that like summer's rolled around, it's the snacking one that I'm losing ground on. You know, mm. I, 
probably because like the sun makes me mildly miserable for most of the day and then when i finally come into the beautiful house i want to reward myself with a snack (laughs) (laughs) okay but no i mean i've I've managed to like you said i i i took off about 50 and i've managed to hold most of it off um i'm starting a slow trend back up right now but i know that it's exactly because of just snacking so so for me it was just you know being the discipline of just you know, three meals a day appropriately portioned out and no flowers, no sugars. And, and I was, I've been doing great on it. And so, so yeah. And, and honestly that was, I don't even know that exercise has played that much of a part in it because we kind of, the pandemic kind of killed our exercise routine, honestly. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the common misconceptions with weight loss at least in my opinion i mean i'm i did sleep in a holiday in last night but i am not a doctor (laughs) (laughs) is that you know yes your activity level is important but the the key factor in your weight loss is going to be whatever you're eating yeah It's like an 80 20 ratio, right? 80% yeah, of yeah, it's yeah. diet, 20% of it might be activity. And that's probably still too high for the activity. I don't I don't like hearing these numbers. They they don't jive with what I like to believe. What do you <laughs> mean? But you like to avoid activity just like we do. Yeah. That means but I so tell if I myself told you 90, that if 10, I 10 that would be okay. you'd feel better about that. Sorry, maybe I misunderstood. Was it the other way around? Yeah, is I'm it, saying is it 80%, 80% of it is your diet. Yeah, see, I don't like that. Well, you would prefer that you had to spend eight hours a day on the treadmill to... Yes, yes. You would? Really? Oh, yes. I would much rather eat whatever the heck I wanted and and then be able to tell myself, well, I didn't have time. Because the truth is, is that I don't exercise on a daily basis. I don't exercise, uh, well, hardly at all at this point. But the the, the point being is... If we hooked up a rower to Rogue Book, you'd exercise. (laughs) It's probably true. Like every every row gave me a page in the book, I would be. Yes. Like, yes. I'd, I'd be well, come on, let's not be unreasonable. It gives you a precision ink every row or something. Oh no, I don't think that'd be enough. <laughs> anyway, um, I uh, I I like that better. I like that idea better because the, the idea that I should be changing what I'm eating, which I do multiple times per day, um, I don't like that. Of course, you're already you already have a lot of dietary restrictions because of the diabetes, so maybe that's part of why you. Because for me, it was one of the most encouraging realizations. Because there have been times in my life where I was like very dedicated, like diligently. I was usually playing racquetball for like an hour a day, you know, getting right. cardio, and still having my pounds increase, you know. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it sucks. It's 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 so easy to like at least for myself <laughs> to eat like a ton of chips or a ton of cookies mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. you know etc and like the amount of exercise you have to do to burn off a box of cookies mm. is <laughs> yeah it's a lot is yeah, unreal frankly inhuman yes <laughs> um so I, I for myself um i guess some of the things that um i've been doing um, as I said, I, I don't think, I, I think that the stuff that you're doing with nutrition is a lot more important than, than your, 
activity level, but uh, Brian and I have been doing two walks a day. It's about four and a half miles a day that, that we walk between the two walks. Um, we, I have, so I have a friend who is an account accountability partner with, and so I will text her each day what foods I've had that day, um, which is, is something that can be helpful quite a bit. Um, that's one thing I don't have going for me. Like that's a really smart strategy. Yeah. Cause at least like, in my experience, don't try to be married to your accountability partner. Uh, correct. Yes, that yeah. is accurate. My account. <laughs> yeah. She's no good for me as an accountability partner. I'm here to tell you. So yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's like something like that would, you know, if, if you picked up an accountability partner, the, the snacking that you have in general with your accountability partner, you want to communicate to them, obviously, you know, these are the things that I'm struggling with, or these are the things that I want to have as my goals that I'm reporting to you about that I'm focusing on. And so, um, it would be a way that Josh could quickly, you know, curb the snack problem or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably a good idea. Um, another thing that's been, uh, important for me in my opinion is, um, the first off, uh, it's, it's kind of essentially intermittent fasting, but really it's kind of just skipping breakfast. Like I've never really liked breakfast. Okay. Um, and it's, and like I've, I bought into the whole, like, it's the most important meal of the day. And <laughs> Oh, American propaganda. Yeah. And, and then I read, uh, books that were recommended by Josh's wife about fasting and, you know, et cetera. And like, you don't need to eat breakfast if you don't want to, if you're someone that breakfast is important to, then, you know, have at it. But it's, I would, I, for myself, um, I don't miss breakfast at all. And so it's, it's made it a lot easier. So you're essentially doing like a daily intermittent fast. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind yeah. of like 16 hours of, you know, 16 to 18 hours of not eating and then a six to eight window of eating. Um, the other thing that I do that I, I think this is one of the, the most important ones for myself is that I just have the goal of it's, and it's, it ends up having this kind of a similar effect to some of the stuff that Josh is doing, but I have the goal of if I'm eating food, it needs to be something that I'm making myself. And so, you know, I don't cook bread. <laughs> I don't bake cookies, mm. et cetera. And so that's cutting out the sugars. It's cutting out the, you know, the flours, et cetera, that, that I know are easy for me to, you know, just pound a bunch of and get a bunch of calories with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, anytime you're, you're getting to go food or, processed food etc they just it just always you know go read salt sugar fat another book that i think josh and his wife recommended uh, basically about how anything that you're not making that's yourself they're just slamming full of salt sugar and fat to make you want to keep buying the product and you know etc and so there's there's just anything that is processed in general is going to have 
a lot higher calorie content and it's going to be a lot easier for you to overeat on as opposed to you know if you make a you know a lean protein with some vegetables with it or whatever you're going to be full um, and it's going to have a lot lower calorie content than any the processed, of the, stuff. The processed yeah. stuff that you're going to be eating right. so that's basically and then i guess the last thing is um you know i don't I don't know if this is more of a chicken or an egg thing or whatever, but you know, there's a lot of times when I, when I end up slipping, it'll be because like, I know I'm not doing well. And so I don't weigh myself in the morning because I don't want to, uh, (laughs) I I don't want to see the evidence. before. (laughs) So, you know, forcing myself to keep weighing myself, uh, is, is actually something that is helpful for me. Um, it's also helpful to try to have, you know, I, I have a long-term goal of, so at, when, on April 1st, when I, you know, in March, Brian and I started walking every day in April 1st, I was like, okay, I'm going to weigh, I, I probably had a higher weight before April 1st, but I don't know what it was because I wasn't weighing myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but April 1st, you know, I stepped on the scale, it said 283 which was my highest recorded weight at, at that point. And so, you know, I, I, I spent some time thinking about like, you know, what, what do I want a long-term goal to be? What do I want short, short-term goals to be? And, you know, I'd be pretty happy if I was at the 195 to 205 range for right now. Okay. So that's around, you know, 80 to 90 pounds, which is, is a lot of weight. <laughs> Um, child yeah yeah um but i you know decided i was going to set the goal of trying to do 10 pounds a month which is a pretty aggressive goal but it's also like i it's kind of sad that i'm in the current state that i was in or whatever uh but whatever like it got me through the pandemic (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah but I, I am the type of person that if, you know, I'm doing the things that I know how to do or whatever, then I actually, I'm, I'm lucky that my body is responsive and I do actually go down in weight. And so because of my past experience, et cetera, I knew that, you know, 10, 10 pounds a month was a, um, it's, it wasn't going to be an easy goal, but it's something that was an attainable goal. And so um, we're, we're just about to finish three months and I'm currently at, at 33, uh, pounds down. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah. We have a verb for that at our house. Uh, one of Jay and Trevor and I's great friends years ago, he, he passed away, but he was one of my last great accountability partners. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he, he and I lost a lot of weight together and, uh, but when he, he he did exactly that, like when he knew he was misbehaving or not doing well, he wouldn't weigh. And so uh, my wife and I, we literally look at each other after some weekends and we're like Monday morning, we're like, we're, we're weighed honing this today. <laughs> meaning, <laughs> meaning we're not going to weigh. So yeah, that's a verb in our house. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, he uh, lost a lot of weight and the vast majority of it he lost through proper diet. 
Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. He he spent uh, a ton of time counting calories. Uh, the, the when I started losing it with him, you know. So yeah. But yeah, it was funny. Just like you said, Jay, when you're misbehaving, you just are like, eh, I'm gonna skip today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if if anyone has, I guess, any further questions or would like any encouragement, feel free to catch us on the Discord. Yeah, Discord or shoot an email or whatever. So, Trevor, let's let's talk about the <laughs> game that has consumed your life. <laughs> okay. If you could burn a cat, if you could burn a pound for every hour of play, Trevor would be ahead of Jay. That's true. Yes, uh, that is unrealistic goal, though, Josh. <laughs> okay, so last Tuesday I purchased Rogue Book. I played a little bit of it that night. We recorded last week's episode where I, I men- briefly mentioned it, um, and I can't remember how much I'd played at that point—a couple hours at most. I think three. You'd you'd played three when we recorded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as of right now, um, Steam says I've played 51. <laughs> I'm at the three-hour mark now, so you know, there you go. And uh, that is uh, a very accurate number. I've played a lot of hours of Rogue I have all four characters unlocked. I have leveled all four characters to their max level. I have leveled um, what is it called? Your like the talent tier? Yeah, the talent tier is no, 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 no. The talent tier, the talent stuff is all based on pages. Oh, okay. Like pages, you find you buy. Yeah, you buy more. Right. Yeah, and the prices go up significantly. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna have a lot more pages as you get deeper, right? Correct. I'll give you an example. I think the first page you buy, or the first talent you buy, is five pages, um, or something like that. Um, the current in my current talent tree, the um, the cheapest um talent i have available they're called embellishments the cheapest one i have available to me is 45 pages <laughs> so uh, chances of me getting there are low um the average like the most common price of things that i have i can't afford right now is 90 pages so um that represents a lot of pages i've um done enough runs now that I have, after you complete, I can't remember what it is, if you complete kind of the main, I don't want to call it a story, because it's pretty, the story, the story is pretty, uh. Well, are there chapters, thin? like, is, are there, because like in Slay the Spire, there's like three, are there acts. three acts? There's yeah. three, and then when you beat the three with multiple characters, the fourth act unlocks. Okay. So is Roguebook like that, Trevor? Is there, after three chapters or whatever, you get to the end of a run? Yes. Okay. Well, I feel a little better about myself since I finally beat the first chapter. <laughs> um, yes. So after you beat the the first um, three bosses or whatever, there's actually much like, I mean, it almost a direct copy, uh, much like Slay the Spire, there is a unique item, which is quite strong all on its own, that if you give it to a particular story, mm-hmm. um, it unlocks one of the characters. So if you hold, if you decide to hold on to it, I think you don't get the third character. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. So, um, anyway, the fourth character, I can't remember how you unlock that one, uh, but that took a while. Um, but once you've beaten the game to a point, it calls them epilogues, and they are much like heat in Hades. Okay. 
Okay, so the epilogues start with like an epilogue one. You can pick these various things that make it more difficult, um, that make it, you know, heat, uh, the equivalent of heat one mm-hmm. for Hades, but it would be, you know, epilogue one for Rogue Book, and it makes it more difficult. And you get to pick which ones you want. Um, and then every five quote unquote epilogues or heat, um, there's an addition, it just gets additionally more difficult. Um, so I've beaten all the way up through seven. I believe the max is 15. Crazy. This is crazy town. Um, when you get past five, it gets a little more difficult when you get past, actually, I think it's every three. Cause I think it's three and six. And so right now at seven or eight, wherever I'm at, um, there's, it's significantly difficult, more difficult than it was at the beginning, but it really is. a. I mean, I don't want to say this because I think a lot of people use these types of terms and statements and I don't necessarily like them. And there's a reason why everyone compares a lot of the card-based roguelites to Slay the Spire. But in my own opinion, I feel like Roguebook does Slay the Spire better than Slay the Spire does. It is an improved iteration on the original formula, huh? Yeah, somebody in Discord said so you would definitely you would use the term spiritual successor. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Right. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you could use that term. It's definitely um the one of the things I enjoy about it the most is the choices you have to make onto how to um unfold the map. Okay. Which is one of the things when we talked about Slay the Spire on this show, we talked about how uninspiring or how just the path choosing the yeah, path how, how right. sometimes in the general path. there's not a ton of strategy that goes into the path either in my right opinion. right i mean there's a, maybe a, a few choices but the truth is there's not a lot that's going on there um with the coloring in of the book it's the same sort of the path selection um in rogue book it feels like there's a lot more choice and a lot more opportunity um and the if you are able to find some of the hidden things on the pages um it can have a really big impact so one of the things there's there's uh you eventually unlock these things called orbs of feria and there's two on every screen and if you're able to grab all six of them on the three chapters the final power that the the orb gives you is extremely strong i believe it oh they're not each like just an energy boost or whatever they are, Which but is like I'll my give favorite you power. It is an energy boost, but the very first one is so when you get when you have one orb of fairy, it's gain one energy on your first turn. So first turn you get one energy. Right. When you get two two, it's like you get uh, one energy on your first two turns, and then when you get to three, you get one energy on three turns. When you get to four, it's like two energy the first turn and one energy every turn afterwards. I believe, or something like that. I don't remember all of the individual steps. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, though, the six orbs of fairy, if you get all six of them, the the uh, treasure, the orb of fairy, gives you two energy per turn and forever, the entire fight. Nice. That That's a pretty big upgrade. I mean, that's, you know, imagine if you could play Slay the Spire where you had five energy every turn rather than three. I mean, yeah. that's the same same thing you're dealing with here. So... Um, finding those orbs though is very difficult. There's really, you have no clues. There's no, they, they're randomly placed on the board. They could be anywhere. So your goal is really to reveal as much of the map as you can. 
and hope that you find them. So maybe that's a little too random for some people, but you don't have to find them, in my opinion, to to win the game. But it does help. So, but at this point, Josh, you've you've played. You said how much? Three hours. Three hours. Yeah. It took and, me, I think, four tries to beat the first chapter. Okay. What what was what do you feel like was your? I mean, because that seems like a really long time to me. Yeah. Um, what did you struggle with the most? Why do you suck so much, Josh? Yeah, that's that's the great question. I I would just always die. Um, like the first time I died just on a random fight, like kind of because I was scared to go fight the boss, and so I would like try to find and fight every sword on the map, right? Yeah, you you should for the most part. There's okay. So the first time I just I just died. I just didn't handle. I just didn't mitigate damage well enough, right? And so then I tried to build the deck a little differently the next run. And I, I, I will say that, that there is a... Um, and one of the reviews I read basically complained that it felt like there was a lot of RNG early on. Right, right. And I, I do agree with that. When you're very first starting, the first couple of runs, it can feel RNG heavy. Like there's an enemy that was like sleeping for two rounds... Then he wakes up and he's about he's gonna do like 50 points of damage and I'm like holy guacamole my guy only has 20 left you know so right that that kind of stuff would happen to me early on I mean like even when I I squeaked through last night I I think I had two hit points on one character and and the other one had died mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah but, you know, I, it's just fine I mean like I, I like a little bit of a challenge. I think that the it's still a challenge, but I think the RNG starts to diminish significantly once you start uh, unlocking the talent tiers. Oh yeah, I could see that. Sure. So some of the mechanics are, um, you know, you have gold to buy things with. You earn gold by defeating things or finding it on the map. Um, you buy cards or um, uh, gems to go in the socket it into the cards to improve them. It's not like um, that is one d- difference between it and Slay the Spire is that in Slay the Spire you try to upgrade the card. Here right. the way you upgrade the card is by putting your choice of gems in it and the gems can all do various things including you know make them cost less or make them be shuffled back into your deck. I mean there's a, there's a lot of stuff there. Um, this is I, probably evidence that I'm not good at Slay the Spire but I think that my plays of Slay the Spire had kind of attuned me to this idea that healing was more plentiful than I have found it to be in Rogue Book. Like, if you don't find those little heart bottles, I haven't found very many cards that help me heal, you know? like There aren't a lot of cards that help you heal. Yeah, so in other words, defense is more important than healing almost, right? Like, um, It's been a while since I've played Slay the Spire, but I, I don't feel like it's any different. I feel like Slay the Spire doesn't have as many cards that heal you either. It was really. You it was to... artifacts in Slay the Spire usually that did it. Or yeah. Were, yeah. There, there are the similar things, artifacts and and treasures in uh, Rogue Book that do the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Um, but the the options available to you open up considerably once you start adding to the talent tree. I mean, things like you're starting gold and you start with mm. improved cards. Like it takes the basic attack and defense cards out of your starting decks and gives you random improved cards. Oh, and nice. You start with um, you start with gems. Like you can immediately go in and improve cards with gems. Um, also, cards by default only have one socket, one place where you put a gem. And then there's a percentage chance that they can have a second one. Well, one of the one of the talents that you unlock is increase that chance. 
Oh, okay. And you can truly some of the most broken and, and unbalanced combos in the entire game come when you get two socketed cards that can do put two gems in them that are really powerful. I, I shared one example on our Discord channel, but it was basically a card. The, the, the basic card was one cost, and it drew three cards. Well, I'd socketed it with a another gem that would drew three more cards, and then another gem, which after I used it at the end of my turn, it got shuffled back into my deck instead of going into the discard pile. Uh, not, excuse me. No, it went on the top of the deck. It went on the top of the deck, guaranteeing that I would draw it first next round. <laughs> That's pretty intense. So, I mean, if you didn't enjoy Slay the Spire, I guarantee you won't enjoy Rogue Book. If you did enjoy Slay the Spire and you spent a bunch of time but eventually got tired of it, and you want something that gives a similar experience but with whole new mechanics, whole new cards, whole new characters, way better new... graphics. Yeah, way better. <laughs> and the art style is kind of fun. Yeah, I guess it's just different art style. It is different. Um, then this is the game for you. It's not expensive. I don't feel like you know you can get into it for uh, twenty five bucks probably at the Steam sale with the probably the collector's edition or whatever. It's like one loot box on a free to play game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the the other thing that's interesting is that in Slay the Spire you have your four characters. And there's a couple different ways to play those characters, but truly there's not like, you can't play them a dozen different ways. Well, in Rogue Book, there's not a dozen different ways to play the characters, but each run has two characters in instead of one. And the combination of those characters can create different ways to play. So let me give you a quick example. Um, the Sirocco, he's the main, the guy you start with, he's kind of a, He's a defense man. He's the first mate. He's a frog yeah. pirate, maybe. A frog pirate. Okay, that's actually that's a good my guess. Yeah. yeah. And one of the guys you unlock, his name is Seifer. He's a blood tyrant. He's actually one of the... I think he's... During one of the runs, he becomes a boss that you beat. And once you beat him, then he joins your group. Uh, but the two of them, comboed together, can do something that none of the other characters can do. Seifer has several allies, which are guys you put into play and they just fight alongside you and they attack every turn. Um, uh, excuse me. It's, it's actually Sirocco's ally. Sirocco has a, an ally called an axolotl and it, oh, every time I love the axolotl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every time he gains spirit, it gains five times as much spirit. So the spirit is how hard they hit. So you put him into play, he hits for five, you give him one spirit. He'd actually hit for 10 instead of six. Um, and, uh, Seifert, the, the blood tyrant, he has a card, which is basically it's, um, promote or there's another one, but they give four spirit to an ally. Oh, wow. And so the axolotl, uh, <laughs> combined with Seifert <laughs> becomes I've, a monster basically. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a Twitch stream, um, that's actually on YouTube of a guy who creates an axolotl on turn. I want to say turn three. Okay. That does 250 damage. <laughs> because, of, because of the gems. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. yeah. Like he's, his axolotl probably has a gem that increases his starting spirit, which, like, if you socket it with the, the gem that's plus one spirit, it also counts as adding spirit. So it starts at 10. Anyway, and then he just hits it a couple of times with a, you know, he has a couple of them in his deck, and then, and then he's got some of that, you know, 
come back to the top of his deck or whatever, and he hits it two or three times, and boom, he's at two hundred. It's hitting his his enemies for two hundred fifty damage. Which in the game, even the bot, the like the the worst bosses have about I want to say six hundred hit points. So two rounds of that guy and they're dead. That's funny. So there are some pretty ridiculous combos you can put together that Slay the Spire felt like you never really could get because you don't have the ability to kind of play. I guess you did because Slay the Spire did have a ability where you could get cards from other the other characters. Yeah. Right. Honest, that was the time that I hit the most broken things in Slay the Spire is when I could grab cards from other characters and bring them into a character who wasn't quote-unquote intended to have that ability. Anyway, we don't have to talk about it anymore. We've got other topics to talk about, but I'm I am enjoying it quite a bit. <laughs> um, I guess what's the is there a mini topic that was on our list that you want to do next? I don't remember what the list was. Uh, I mean, I can tell you what I bought on the Steam sale. That was one of the things we let's let's go. It's go time. <laughs> I mean, how much of a mini topic is this? Okay, basically, I bought a bunch more roguelites. So Trevor will be proud. I brought <laughs> I bought Nova Drift. Which is a bullet bullet shooter or bullet hell roguelite, right, Trevor? Yes. I it, brought... it is. It is. Uh, I, I think I described it before on the show as um, asteroids meets. That's roguelite. right. That's right. Yeah. So I did buy that one. I bought Dicey Dungeons, which looks to be basically Slay the Spire, but with little dice as characters instead of weird creatures or whatever. I bought nice. Deep Sky Derelicts which is probably also in the Slay the Spire vein, but it's like, um, I would say, uh, imagine Slay the Spire meets uh, Space Hulk. Like, you know, you're you're basically scavenging these these starship hulks. What's the name of that one? Deep Sky Derelicts. It sucked me in for art alone. And I mean, it was also in the Steam Summer Sales, you know, roguelite category or whatever. Oh, it's got a lot of... Uh... Promising ratings. Yeah, right. Uh, I bought one called Hand of Fate 2 that looks kind of D&D roguelite-ish. Uh, and then I bought one called Kingdom New Lands, which is like 8-bit pixel sort of roguelite. And, and the last one I bought was Blightbound, which again is, I believe, a co-op roguelite dungeon crawler. It's... It's, I'm probably going to bounce off it because it's being described as Diablo meets a roguelite. And I shouldn't yeah. bounce off it because I loved Hades so much and Hades was basically Diablo-esque, right? Yeah. I just am always... <laughs> I'm such an old man. I'm always nervous when it's something that's not turn-based. <laughs> so what was the name of the last one? Blight Bound. So yeah, congratulations to Valve, the Steam Summer Sale... Pick a category, and we will feed your addiction strategy. Totally oh, worked on me. Blightbound looks like Golden Axe. That's right. It was described as Diablo meets Golden Axe. Co-op roguelite elements. See, you just say enough buzzwords, and I'm like, I mean, I, that's the one I paid the most for in the Steam Summer so. Yeah, that one's a whole 15 bucks. You big right? spender, you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also, right as the show started, bought the entire... Um, endless worlds pack that is jay haven't you played endless dungeon or endless space or one of those endlesses um i i did is it endless legend yeah 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 which i think a little bit of that endless legend is like kind of the it's kind of a fantasy 4x one right so Did, did you enjoy that one jane 
That one's on pretty big sale right now too. Yeah, it's like seventy five percent off. Um, no, I didn't really get deep into get it. into that one. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I I always during the Steam sale I go and look at my you know my, my wish list. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, there's some really good deals here. Yeah, my wish list is basically cleared out at this point. So Oof. I probably am going to I I I just browse through stuff uh while you were talking Josh and the uh you've 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 played Monster Train? Yes, I have. And did you like? Um I enjoyed it. Yes. I I think Rogue Book is better. Oh, interesting. Okay. And and Slay the Spire is also still better, although Monster Train is like way more colorful and you know like the art really like pops i guess is what i would say right but like they they are very much in a similar vein all of those games yeah it's on sale for 12.50 now which has me intrigued it's like so close to impulse by levels right yeah well i i know to be clear it is an impulse by level uh it's just that at this point i have Wildermyth, Rogue Book, and Trials of Fire, all three purchased. And so, oh, yeah, right. And uh, see, and I think you'll like Rogue Book better than it. Like, you know, if you had a, a versus battle between those two games. Right. And Wildermyth is the one I want you to play. Yeah, it's the one that I need to <laughs> try harder to fall in love with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just about to make, I was just about to say a spoiler for Ted Lasso, but I'll, I'll, hold on. I won't say anything. Okay, well, everyone watch Ted Lasso. You you deserve it. <laughs> yes, I was. I, it's a good thing we talked about it during the um, the pre ramble because I was going to sit down and watch it with my daughter because you originally told Josh that it was um, more family friendly than I've been led to believe at this point. Yeah. So um, I probably won't be doing that now. Yeah, I would uh, definitely watch it before watching it with your daughter, at least to conclude. I mean. By by two shows in, you'll be like, okay, I'm okay if she, you know, hears some of this or not. So if if you uh, back the Patreon, you'll you'll get the full conversation. But basically, the synopsis of it is that Ted Lasso's great, but evidently it has more f bombs in it than I remember because I don't remember <laughs> those things. So that's because you probably only remember Ted Lasso's dialogue, which is. Which is completely profanity-free, which is part of what's so funny about it. <laughs> completely delightful, yes. But the other characters are a little saltier than Ted. That's true, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, I guess let us know on Twitter or Discord what your favorite Steam Cell purchases are, etc., and uh, give us any recommendations you have.